Brought to you by Mountaineer fans for Mountaineer fans, the Country Road Webcast. What's going on, Mountaineer Nation? Welcome into the Country Roads Webcast, Season 5, Episode 152 here. Our final review and reaction episode of the season here with our Oklahoma State review and reaction of the West Virginia 24-19 victory over the Cowboys that allowed the West Virginia Mountaineers to secure their fifth win of the 2022 season, get a win on the road in Big 12 Conference play, which was great to see because it's actually their first and will be their only win of Big 12 Conference road play in 2020-22 with the Mountaineers finishing the regular season now. Oh, five and seven overall and three and six in conference play. And we're going to get into a review of this game, West Virginia's performance on offense and defense, special teams, all sides of the ball involved as we continue throughout. But let's kick it off here with a little bit of Mountaineer football news. <laughs> All right, so Mountaineer football news here won't bury the lead. I know the athletic director search is on the forefront of some minds, but of course the lead has to be Shane Lyons and his interview that he did with Hoppy Kerchival of Metro News on his talk line program, really coming out with some scathing things to say about Gordon Gee and current West Virginia administration, seemingly kind of burning bridges on his way out of Morgantown here at WVU. A lot of people wondered why he would even do the interview think that it's maybe just motivated by vengeance or spite if you haven't heard about the interview check out the video on our youtube page for you know a description of it i'll throw up some of the quotes here as i speak for you guys on the video side but you guys listen on the audio version of the podcast here hop over to the country roads webcast youtube page we did a video just kind of summarizing his comments there if you haven't heard what he had to say it's Definitely some very interesting comments there and some critical things coming from Shane Lyons. But having said that, while I'm talking about the video version and audio versions, if you're watching the video version of Season 5, Episode 152 here, whether it be on the Country Roads webcast YouTube channel or on the WV Sports Now YouTube channel where you can find us now as well as we are part of their network there. And they have a lot of great Mountaineer sports content there you can find on the web at wvsportsnow.com. So be sure and check that out. But if you're tuned in to the YouTube video version of the podcast on our channel or theirs, do us a favor while you're in here. Hit the thumbs up button. 
give us a like on this video. It'll really help its performance, which in turn really helps the channel as it helps future videos, performances. And if you haven't already, hit the subscribe button. Helps us, helps you, helps get more of this Mountaineer sports content out to Mountaineer Nation. And if you listen to this episode on the audio side there, you can find it on any podcast platform. Just search Country Roads Webcast on any of them that you choose. But if you're on the Apple Podcasts one there, do us a favor, leave us a rating. That really helps us. And if you're on any other podcast platform, we know you're a big Mountaineer fan, obviously. So you probably know other Mountaineer fans. So just share this around with them as we continue to try and grow the Country Roads webcast community throughout Mountaineer Nation. Having said that, Shane Lyons' comments, as you see some of them here, if you're watching on the video side, definitely very scathing. Some people said it looks really bad on Shane Lyons. I mean, I don't disagree with that for sure. Also think this is a bad look, though, for West Virginia right now and Gordon Gee, particularly when it's accompanied with some of the athletic director search news that came out as well, kind of both of the timing of those coming out at a very similar time. Not a good look for West Virginia administration currently. They're going to have to come out with either a hire in the next few days or a press conference something to try and save face right now because it's not looking too good they need to tell their side of the story after hearing Shane Lyons be so candid in this interview with Hoppy Kirchville something that I think a lot of people were not expecting was such a candid interview such a look behind the curtain inside the kind of operations of the West Virginia administration and his firing I mean, speaking of uh, Gordon Gee and the West Virginia administration, they are deep in the athletic director search. And that, of course, is the other topic at hand. I will pull this up as well. And, of course, it's actually another tweet from Hoppy Kerchival. Conveniently enough, really having a big weekend this past weekend wasn't Hoppy Kerchival with the uh, breaking the Shane Lines interview and everything that came out of it and it being as candid as it was. And then he also put out this update on the athletic director search, which, you know, I've heard from a few other sources as well. This is just the easiest way to represent it to you guys on the video side visually, but from Hoppy Kirchival here and a few other searches, West Virginia no longer targeting Rob Mullins from Oregon or Patrick Chun from Washington State, the two sitting Power 5 athletic directors that believed West Virginia was targeting. I know on the Oklahoma State preview episode, I told you guys if you heard news on the athletic director hiring within the realm of, you know, the end of the regular season, which to me meant, you know, by Monday, that it would be, you know, one of those two names or one of the seven that I, you know, put on a list for you guys previously here on the channel at Country Roads webcast. But if you didn't hear anything by then, it probably was not definitely going. It definitely was not going to be one of those two, and most likely not even one of those seven that I had provided on that list previously. That's why I kind of waited a little bit longer to release, you know, the review uh, podcast episode here, just to see if there was any athletic director news. There was not any athletic director news. So in turn with that, here's the update. As you see here. Rob Mullins and Pat Chun out of play and West Virginia apparently now not going after any sitting power five athletic directors. They're going to move their search to a group of five athletic director candidates. And hopefully we will hear news about a hire within the next few days. I think you're probably looking at mid to latter portion of the week, Wednesday to Friday range. And hopefully, you know, for West Virginia to meet their timeline, that's when you want to hear West Virginia's news about a new potential hire. But most likely it's going to come from the group of five ranks now, it appears. So there's just a little bit of an update on West Virginia's athletic director search. And then the final thing I just kind of wanted to touch on here in Mountaineer football news is Jalen Anderson 
in. I will, you know, touch more on his performance specifically, obviously, later on in the episode when we break down the offense here as we break down the offense and defense and special teams coming up here in just a few minutes. But he was indeed named Big 12 Newcomer of the Week for his performance in the season finale game against Oklahoma State. So he definitely deserved to shout out the redshirt freshman coming on for the Mountaineers late in the season when they really were counting on him to do so. And he stepped up in a big way for the Mountaineers and the Big 12 honors his efforts and honors his performance by giving him the co-newcomer of the week award here in the final week of the regular season in 2022. That'll pretty much do it here for Mountaineer football news. So that being said, let's move in here with our review of the game against Oklahoma State, talking a little bit about all sides of the ball, offense, defense, special teams, and taking a look at the numbers as we break down the stats and kind of give our reaction to the Mountaineers securing a season-ending victory to end 2022 with five wins and a third win in conference play. They're on the road against a team they had struggled to beat in Oklahoma State, first time beating them since 2014. First time beating both Oklahoma schools in the same season since joining the Big 12. So even though it was a bit of a down year for the Mountaineers overall, some positives to look at and at least coming out with a victory here gives us a positive taste in our mouth to finish 2022 here in the West Virginia football season. But let's talk about that season-ending win now as we break down the game against Oklahoma State. All right, so as I mentioned in the opening of the video, West Virginia does defeat Oklahoma State 24-19 to to earn their fifth win of the year and finish 2022 at 5-7 overall and 3-6 and in the Big 12 Conference. Let's just take a look at some of the team stats overall here before we dive in on each side. Look at the numbers a little bit more with a magnifying glass there individually, but from a broader picture here, just looking at some of the numbers, total yards-wise, Oklahoma State actually outgained the Mountaineers 358 to 327. We know it was a super rainy day there in Stillwater. Weather played a part in kind of the, some of the lower numbers that we're seeing here statistically offensively, whether it be the passing numbers or total yards as both teams actually under 400 total yards, kind of atypical for both of these offenses, which have kind of been explosive at times throughout the season. Definitely put up better numbers than this typically, but pretty evenly matched overall total yardage-wise. Oklahoma State coming out on top there with a 358 to 327 advantage. Passing yards, this is where you see a big advantage for Oklahoma State, 178 to West Virginia. 77 yards no that's not a typo there if you're watching on the youtube version here on the screen 77 is actually the correct amount of passing yards that west virginia finished this game with so west virginia wins a game in which they pass for under 100 yards so that tells you how good the mountaineer rushing attack was in this one but 10 for 23 for the mountaineers passing interception there throwing unfortunately and as far as Oklahoma State's concerned, they were 18 of 42, so not the best percentage-wise for them. They averaged 4.2 yards per pass, West Virginia 3.3. So both teams kind of struggling with their passing game. I think the weather played a big part of that. We saw some drops from the receivers, some passes that were off target that would normally be on target. And in West Virginia's case, just decided to stick to the run more often than not. And speaking of that, you can look at the rushing numbers and see the truth there. The proof is in the pudding, as they say. West Virginia coming out with 250 rushing yards in this game. Oklahoma State not having a bad day either, though, with 180 rushing yards of their own. West Virginia really had a great success this season when they have ran the ball. And I think, you know, with the implementation of 
more dual threat quarterbacks in the future for West Virginia, whether it be Garrett Green or Nico Marchiol, who we saw, you know, both those guys in this game. But both those guys can run the football well. And West Virginia with four good running backs. I mean, here's a challenge for you. Rank these players from best to worst, one through four. C.J. Donaldson, Jalen Anderson, Justin Johnson, and Tony Mathis. That's tough, and I couldn't argue with any way that you wanted to rank those players. So I think in the future moving forward for West Virginia in 2023, we're going to see more of a run raid. I'm still on that name. You know, I, saw the, I heard the TV announcers rather say that during the broadcast of the game, and I think that that's going to be true for West Virginia in 2023. You're going to see, you know, 22 personnel, two backs and two tight ends, read option concepts, triple option concepts, whether it be Garrett Green or Nico Marchio, and they're flanked by – any two of those four backs that I just named to you guys, and then two good tight ends potentially, and Traylon Davis and whoever else the Mountaineers have there, maybe Mike O'Laughlin, hopefully. We'll see what happens there if he decides to uh, come back and continue his career. But I think the Mountaineers rushing game is going to be a weapon in the future, as it has proven to be. It's seeming like Neil Brown's going to stick around for another year in 2023. If so, the West Virginia run game is going to be a major factor. It has been for the Mountaineers this season. In all of their wins, they've ran for over 200 yards. As you see this graphic here, I'll throw up on the screen for you guys. And in all of their losses, they've had under 200 yards rushing. And to go along with that, West Virginia in this game now moves to 18-4 and overall during Neil Brown's tenure at West Virginia when the Mountaineers run for over 100 yards. So West Virginia runs for over 100 yards of a team. They have a great chance of winning under Neil Brown as they are now 18-4. and So that's just kind of an overall look at the uh, team stats and just kind of some opening thoughts about this game against Oklahoma State. Let's look a little bit more closely now, look at some individual numbers on each side of the ball. Let's start off by looking at the West Virginia football defense, which I think has been greatly improved here in the latter portion of the season and put on another good performance in this game, particularly to end this football game and secure the win, get multiple fourth down stops against this Oklahoma State offense. But let's dive in here on that West Virginia football defense and take a look at the special teams a little bit as well. All right, so as I said earlier, whether you're tuned into the video version on the Country Roads webcast YouTube or the WV Sports Now YouTube or listen on the audio side on any podcast platform you can find the Country Roads webcast on, we really appreciate you tuning in here to Season 5, Episode 152, our Oklahoma State Review and Reaction episode here. Let's dive in on the West Virginia football defense. And to do that, let's run a little bit down here of Oklahoma State's individual offensive numbers. Garrett Rangel got to start at quarterback for Oklahoma State, the true freshman, 18 of 42, 178. Rushing wise, Gordon for the Oklahoma State Cowboys, who I do believe is actually another converted tight end. Similar story to CJ Donaldson, actually had a pretty good day himself. 17 carries, 136 yards, eight yards of carry average ran for a touchdown and then they also had a good running back in Jackson 12 carries 56 yards 180 rushing yards on the day for Oklahoma State over four yards of carry and two rushing touchdowns thought they did a good job of running the ball late in the game they just needed to pass to you know try and get that score that would have given them the ultimate advantage there at the end they just weren't able to do it whether it be the weather or the Mountaineers you know locking down defensively and doing some good things with the way they tried to switch things up. You know, I mentioned in the preview podcast to you guys that I thought West Virginia may play man coverage a little bit more in this game and try and bring the blitz on Oklahoma State. They indeed did that, and I think it paid off in a lot of ways for them in this game. Receiving-wise, Oklahoma State, I think they struggled with some drops. There were a few plays that 
definitely would have been first downs. A couple maybe even would have been touchdowns for Oklahoma State. The wide receivers just couldn't haul in. But overall, Presley for them, five catches, 77 yards, and Johnson, four catches, 60 yards. Not a bad day overall. And then looking at some of the West Virginia individual defensive stats, we've had some standout players in recent weeks in the second level of the West Virginia defense talking about the linebacking core specifically Jasir Cox the past couple of weeks and I think Lee Cobra really played a great role today in this game as Jared Bartlett was out so you know he mentioned in this post-game interview that that meant that he got to play a little bit in what West Virginia calls the rover package which typically he comes out of the game when West Virginia's in that package and that's a bit more of a uh, pass coverage, blitzing package. So he got to attack a little bit more in this game and blitz. And it really, you saw that pay off in a big way. Two tackles for a loss and one and a half sacks for Lee Coba. And I think moving forward for the fu- in the future for the Mountaineers, I don't know if he's going to stay at the Mike linebacker position, but even if he does, I think we'll maybe see him in a bit more of an attacking role like that next season because I think that was definitely his strength. This may have been his very best game of the season. Leads the Mountaineers in tackles, 13 total of them. Like I said, the one-and-a-half sacks, two tackles for a loss. Seven of those tackles were solo. Marcus Floyd with nine total tackles and a pass deflection. Exry Lowe, six total tackles in his final game as a Mountaineer. Aubrey Burks, who I thought had a solid season at playing the Mountaineers' free safety position. Five total tackles, a tackle for a loss. Jasir Cox, who came on late with a strong finish for the Mountaineers in the season. Same as well, five tackles and a tackle for a loss for him. Andrew Wilson-Lamp, who saw his most run of the season at the cornerback position for the Mountaineers. Four total tackles and a pass breakup. Taj Austin, four total tackles. Hershey McLaurin as well, four total tackles. Linnell Carr, who I mentioned, of course, got to start at the bandit position with Jared Bartlett out of the game for the Mountaineers. Finished the contest with three total tackles, one sack, and one tackle for a loss there. Both those coming in succession, if I'm not mistaken, the TFL on a, on the quarterback on a third on a second down play, and then getting a sack to end the drive on a third down play, um, if I'm not mistaken there. Torres Simmons played at the defensive end for the Mountaineers as well, three total tackles, a sack, and a TFL for him as well. Uh, Mike Lockhart with half a TFL that he shared with Eddie V. So the Mountaineers overall totaling four sacks in this game against Oklahoma State and seven tackles for a loss, and I thought that was kind of the story of the game defensively. They really got after the quarterback, also did a great job in man coverage when they chose to get after the quarterback. Malachi Ruffin really standing out in that aspect, and he's a player who came on for the Mountaineers in the latter portion of the season. You know, As I've mentioned here in previous episodes, someone that's been counted on more than I think he probably thought that he would be counted on and more than the coaching staff expected him to be counted on going into this season. And, you know, it was a mixed bag early on, but I think he really found his footing in these past couple of games for the Mountaineers. And specifically in this game, I know he had the one play that stands out where he somehow, you know, celebrated a pass breakup that never happened. And, you know, while he's celebrating, instead of completing the tackle, the receiver goes on and continues the catch, runs downfield and makes a big play. But later in the game, specifically when Oklahoma State took a few deep shots on, you know, their last two drives, there when they were trying to win the football game he was matched up in man coverage and made some big plays so I think that he had you know some stand a standout performance for the Mountaineers overall if you watched our defensive player grades video which you can find on the YouTube channel he was there in the top five player grades and I think his three pass breakups you see here is a big reason why the Mountaineers secondary stepping up in man coverage when they went to it in this game six pass deflections overall seven tackles for a loss and four sacks. So one of the better performances of the day for the Mountaineer football team, you could even argue their best performance of the season. It's definitely up there. And I think hats off to, you know, this defensive staff for what they did with this defense here to end the season for the Mountaineers. We know this defense started off 
terribly struggling early on, then were struck with injuries. Like I said, counting on players that they weren't expected to count on. Also having to move some pieces around at times even because they were so injury riddled and having players play out of position at times, just you know, sacrificing for the good of the team. But despite all that, I think the defense played their best football here in the final four games of the season, culminating with arguably their best performance here to secure the 24 to 19 win over Oklahoma State that the West Virginia Mountaineers were able to manage to, you know, get that fifth win in 2022. And hats off to the West Virginia defense for being able to do that. Want to close this out talking about special teams a little bit before we move it over to the offensive side. The two big things I want to mention special teams wise Preston Fox I think has a great future as the Mountaineers punt returner ever since he took over he's you know shown some bright flashes and we saw the biggest bright flash there in this one catches a punt makes a guy miss and then kind of outraces everyone 69 yard punt return but unfortunately it was negated due to a penalty the Mountaineers had lined up offsides on the punt so it didn't count but we saw a great thing there from Preston Fox with that explosive 69 yard punt return something we haven't seen the Mountaineers have success with in quite a long time the last punt return for a touchdown by West Virginia was back in 2012 by Tavon Austin but I think you know if Preston Fox stays back there my prediction is he will return at least one throughout his Mountaineer football career, and we may see it happen in 2023. Who knows? But then the other thing that really was big for me special teams-wise was Oliver Straw. Late in the game, there was a punt. You know, like I said, the conditions were super rainy, terrible conditions to handle in the football, resulted in a lot of drops and, you know, a fumble. But there was also a mishandled snap there on the punt there that Oliver Straw was trying to get off. Somehow he not only recovers it, but manages to get the punt off, not get it blocked, and get it to travel, you know, 30-plus yards. And that was a huge play for the Mountaineers in this game because if he doesn't get that off, gets tackled by one of the Oklahoma State players or they're able to block it, it's a completely different game because they're probably able to take the lead there. They'd be taken over in the red zone, if not in a goal-to-go situation. So that was, you know, kind of a play that may have went unnoticed and doesn't won't be talked about a lot that was a you know a big reason the West Virginia was able to secure this victory so I want to mention that special teams wise as we wrap up you know the defense and special teams part of this review and move in and talk about the West Virginia football offense in this game against Oklahoma State. All right, so talking about the West Virginia offense in this game, kind of my brief overall thoughts. I gave it away a little bit earlier. I really liked what I saw from the West Virginia run game, and I think that's the way the West Virginia needs to lean moving forward in the future if these players and staff for the majority stay intact is just leaning on the run a little bit, running a little bit more read option, you know, RPO stuff with triple option concepts, things like that. I thought the West Virginia has shown some good things doing that type of thing since Garrett Green took over, and that continued in this game. See Nico Markey will take over that's the big story of the game to me offensively besides Jalen Anderson who of course is going to steal the headlines and we'll talk more about you know the individual numbers and his performance uh, statistically moving forward of course he certainly deserves his due but I think Nico Markiel who's a player that everyone's been Super excited about since we were able to secure his commitment, the four-star quarterback out of Arizona, one of the top players in this previous recruiting class for West Virginia. We all think that he could potentially be the future of the program and the future of the position, and that's how he's been talked up, so we were all very excited to see him. Knew that he may play in this game. I think, you know, he came in in the third series of the game by design. The timing of that was questionable. You know, I think a lot of Mountaineer fans were questioning it, but I think this staff has shown in the past when you go back to even – Garrett Green coming in for Jared Daigie that they stick to their plan that they're going to do if they're going to play two quarterbacks. They kind of 
have a plan and stick with it. And their plan in this one was to get Nico Markio in on the third series of the game, which kind of coincides with how they've done it with Garrett Green in the past as well. And he, him coming in on the third series of the game, unfortunately, just happened to come right after Garrett Green had an awesome touchdown run on a quarterback draw there, a 36-yarder on a one-play touchdown drive that the Mountaineers had there to secure their first touchdown of the game. So the timing definitely wasn't great of for Nico Markio's first drive, and that you know first drive didn't work out. The Mountaineers going three and out, but he had to take over in the second half as Garrett Green unfortunately was knocked out of the game in concussion protocol there moving forward. Um, hopefully he heals up and has a good strong offseason. It's going to be a quarterback battle for the Mountaineers heading into 2023, I do believe. But Nico Markiel then asked to lead the Mountaineers in the second half of this football game. Bit of a mixed bag overall, I think, due to the conditions. But you did see some of the arm talent on a throw to Bryce Ford Wheaton that he fit into a really tight window, and then a slant ball to San James as well. So you saw a couple good completions from Markiel there. But overall, the Mountaineers were really trying to rely on the run game. He was involved in that. But overall, it was Jalen Anderson and the running backs that really were the story of the day. But I think Nico Markiel, to me, looks like a player that definitely can lead the Mountaineers in the future. I think the standout thing to me was he was calm, cool, and collected. The moment didn't seem to be too big for him, and I think he has a little bit of that it factor and the same leadership capabilities that you see with Garrett Green. He has that and probably a little bit more arm talent and, you know, quote-unquote uh, quarterback intangibles uh, than Garrett Green does, but it's going to be an interesting battle between the two if they both stick around throughout the offseason, which I hope they do because having both those guys that with the same capabilities and their dual threat, you know, capabilities is going to be lead to a great looking West Virginia offense that I'm really excited about. You know, I'm calling it the run raid. Uh, just looking back historically over West Virginia's successful seasons, you've seen that, you know, whether it be Major Harris, Rashid Marshall, Pat White, Skylar Howard, you can run down the line. And I think West Virginia's 2023 offense, in my, you know, opinion, I'm predicting now if, you know, the staff and players that I'm expecting to stay intact, intact do indeed do so, that the 2023 West Virginia offense is going to really – resemble in a lot of ways that 2016 West Virginia offense in which they were able to secure their only 10-win season thus far in the Big 12 Conference, arguably their most successful season since joining. And I think the 2023 version of the Mountaineers could look like that, whether it's Garrett Green or Nico Marchio behind center. It's going to be a bit of a run raid. And it's going to liken back to that offense when Skylar Howard was running that type of, you know, run raid, you know, air raid concepts as far as the passing routes are concerned and the route tree, but a lot of, you know, RPO, read option, triple option stuff mixed in with, you know, 12 personnel, 22 personnel at times even, and, you know, 21 personnel um, in the backfield with the Mountaineers loaded backfield that they have. I think that they could do that. You know, that was great success for the Mountaineers that year. Not only, you know, having the Russian quarterback in Skylar Howard, but the Mountaineer running back, Wendell Smallwood, had the best season that a Mountaineer rushing attack has had, you know, in the Big 12. Wendell Smallwood had, you know, 14, 1,500 yards rushing that season, led the Big 12 conference. So I think, you know, West Virginia could have a great season doing something similar in 2023 with the loaded backfield that I mentioned earlier and Nico Markiel and Garrett Green's dual threat capabilities. But overall thoughts, just kind of before I get into some of the individual numbers, um, I was really excited to see Nico Markiel's performance as well as the Mountaineer rushing attack and what the potential for that could hold in the future for the Mountaineers. 
All right, having said that, looking at some of the individual numbers offensively now, talking about the Mountaineer passing game a little bit, like I said, only 77 yards passing, so not exactly what you want to see from the passing game, but I think a lot of that was due to the fact that they really just decided to run, rely on the rushing attack as well they should have with the success that it was having, particularly in the second half. You know, I think Neil Brown was even upset at halftime. Um, the comments by the announcers were that he wanted the Mountaineers to run the ball a little bit more than they had. Maybe they were throwing some RPO plays when Neil Brown felt they should have handed it off but in the second half they indeed handed those plays off and relied on the rushing attack but overall passing numbers Garrett Green 8 of 14 48 yards did have one interception that he kind of tried to throw a slant ball on and overthrew the receiver over his head a little bit and it was interception intercepted rather by the safety behind the play and that's just kind of the downside to the mixed bag you get from Garrett Green you get really exciting and awesome plays like the 36 yard uh, quarterback draw touchdown run that he had had another 30 plus yard uh, run on a scramble that unfortunately was called back and those are the exciting side but then you get the downside where there's an errant throw that gets intercepted and we've seen that a little bit in his action so he's gonna have to correct that moving forward if he wants to be the Mountaineers quarterback in 2023 which he has a chance to do so but he'll be in competition for that role and the player he'll be competing with will be Nico Marchiole the true freshman for the Mountaineers seeing his first extensive action and seeing it against power five competition the numbers aren't the best passing wise two of nine for 29 yards but both those completions as I mentioned earlier you saw a little bit of the arm talent and the potential there that the Mountaineers see in Nico as does a lot of the Mountaineer faithful and Mountaineer nation that have really been excited about him and excited about his future. So I think, you know, what you saw from him in this game that really stood out can't be quantified numbers wise. And I mentioned that earlier, a little bit of the it factor, his calm, cool and collected ability and doing whatever it takes to lead to the victory, even if it's just handing the ball off, which indeed he did do a lot in this game. And he handed it off a lot to Jalen Anderson, who really took over as the primary back in the second half for the Mountaineers. You know, last game, mentioned that Jalen Anderson was nearly 10 yards a carry. I believe it was seven carries, 69 yards, if I'm not mistaken. And then in this game says, you know, I am going to cross that 10-yard a carry threshold and go over it even as he averaged 10.3 yards a carry, 15 carries, 155 yards, and two rushing touchdowns for the redshirt freshman Mountaineer, who I mentioned earlier was named Big 12 Newcomer of the Week for his performance. Two 50-plus yard touchdown runs, the longest of which being a 57-yarder. And he's really shown some great things for the Mountaineers here in the final couple games of the season when he's really had to be called upon due to injuries and other things. You know, we knew coming in when he was involved in the recruiting class, he was a four-star running back, one of the higher-rated players in the class, the highest-rated running back in the class that the Mountaineers brought in. But there were some questions if he would make it to campus last year. Finally, eventually did, but I believe it wasn't until October or almost October when he got here. So ultimately that led to a red shirt. And I think when he was sitting out there, maybe he got, you know, a little bit discouraged um, not being involved as much as he would have liked to have been because, you know, clearinghouse issues and having to be delayed so long in his enrollment. And I think due to that fact, maybe that's what kind of had him out of the picture for a while. Even in spring football, he wasn't mentioned much. The Mountaineers moving C.J. Donaldson over actually due to have to have a third running back, which Jalen Anderson I thought was expected to fill that role, didn't ultimately drop to kind of a fourth string role there. Wasn't talked about too much. Uh, with Donaldson taking over to that third string role. But shout out to him, you know, staying steadfast, keeping his head down and grinding. And, you know, in the later portion of the season, injuries piled up for the Mountaineers. You know, Donaldson knocked out for the season. Mathis with the elbow injury that 
more or less, you know, should have probably knocked him out for the season. And Justin Johnson being banged up as well. He was really starting to be called upon. And then this game called upon the most that he had been really taken over, you know, primarily for most of the second half where he really shined, you know, in a succession of a few plays for the Mountaineers. He has, you know, the 250-yard touchdown runs and then another like 15-yard run in there as well. So shout out to him for his performance. And as I mentioned earlier, loaded backfield for the Mountaineers. And how about the freshman potential? You know, a couple freshman phenoms at the running back position for the Mountaineers. Hopefully, they both stick around in the future because having CJ Donaldson and Jalen Anderson in a run, you know, a primarily run focused offense in 2023 could be scary for opponents. So that's what I'm expecting and hoping to see. So he's a big reason the Mountaineers were able to go over 100 yards rushing. Like I said, now 18 and four under Neil Brown when they're able to do that and even. More so than that, over 200 yards rushing, which the Mountaineers were able to do in all their wins this season, which kind of lends credence to my theory earlier talking about the Mountaineers really running a bit of a run raid style offense in 2023. I think we can see that coming down the pipe. And as you can see, evidence by the quarterback rushing numbers as well. Garrett Green, six carries, 47 yards and a touchdown. That awesome 36-yarder, which was great to see. And then Nico Marchiol really showing you that he can do some things as well. Over five yards of carry for him at 5.3 as he had six carries, 32 yards himself. And then the other Mountaineer running backs who unfortunately ended the season banged up but had some bright spots throughout the season and showed us a bit of what they can do as well in Tony Mathis and Justin Johnson. As Tony Mathis finished with nine carries, 13 yards. Justin Johnson, three carries, 11 yards. As far as the Mountaineers receivers, you know, not too much of their numbers-wise, of course, when the Mountaineers only passed for 77 yards. But Bryce Ford-Wheaton, two catches, 22 yards. Sam James, two catches, 19 yards. Brian Palindi at tight end. Glad to see him get involved in the passing side of things as he's been primarily used as a blocker throughout the season. Two catches, 18 yards. Caden Prather, two catches, 14 yards. And Tony Mathis, two catches, four yards. So the one thing I will say is, you know, Bryce Ford Wheaton, Sam James, if it was their final performance as Mountaineers, at least they were able to go out with a victory and secure a win. But who knows? Maybe they'll want to give it one more go. The Mountaineers need receivers in 2023 and can use some depth there. So wouldn't be a bad thing if they choose to do so. And I hope they do, especially being as big of a Sam James fan as I have, you know, throughout his career, bought his jersey, you know, prior to his retro freshman season and, you know, been wearing it you know, occasionally throughout his career. So I would love to see him come back for one more year. And Bryce Ford Wheaton as well led the Big 12 in contested catches. Actually, most contested catches a West Virginia football receiver has had since West Virginia joined the Big 12. So that's another stat that stands out. And I think both those guys have gotten better throughout the season and, you know, could go out with a better taste in their mouth in 2023 because I think West Virginia hopefully will be able to make a bowl game next season. So maybe they'll want to go out, you know, with a better end record-wise and come back for one more year. Who knows? We'll see about that moving forward. But that's a breakdown of the West Virginia numbers offensively here. On Season 5, Episode 152 of the CRW Podcast or Oklahoma State Review and Reaction Edition. Having said that, let's get into our final thoughts here on this episode before we close out here on our final Review and Reaction episode of 2022. All right, so wrapping up with final thoughts here, as the West Virginia Mountaineers were able to secure a 24-19 victory over the Oklahoma State Cowboys in the final game of the 2022 season. And I think overall, we didn't have the season that I think we as fans expected, and of course not the season that we wanted to have either, only finishing with five wins, most likely not you know reaching a bowl game, three and six in conference play, not exactly where we want to be, four years into a coaching tenure. But on the bright side, at least we were able to secure you know a win to end the season 
season, get a good taste in our mouth to end the year. And the silver lining to me was in this game, you really saw some things about the future that maybe show you that there is potential there, whether it be with the Mountaineer rushing attack and you know, the guys at the, that could be at the helm and Garrett Green and Nico Marchiole and some young players on defense that really stepped up, you know, Aubrey Burks, you know, and, and guys like that, um, Sean Martin. Uh, Lee Coba, you know, guys that will be back in 2023. So there are guys that are young that I think we saw progressively get better as the season went along. And that's one another positive things you can say about 2022 is that there were a lot of young guys that maybe West Virginia had to count upon more than they wanted to. And that led to some struggles, but also in turn that got some of those young guys experience which you can't really quantify experience enough and how much of a factor it is in a college football career. And moving forward, I think that's going to pay off for West Virginia, getting those young guys that experience. And in turn with that, we saw those guys improve as the season went along. So there's just some of the bright spots in what overall, unfortunately, was a negative season for the Mountaineers. A lot of news coming up. I appreciate you guys tuning in here that are tuned in every week to the preview and predictions episodes and the review and reaction episodes as well, whether you've tuned in on the audio side or the video side. No, this is the final review and reaction episode of 2022, but of course we'll be back with season six of the podcast next season with preview and review episodes on the football side. In the meantime, I encourage you to hop over and listen to some of the CRW Hoops episode that you can find here on the audio version, you know, on any podcast platform. And of course the video version on our YouTube and the WV Sports Now YouTube. And just because the season's in, it doesn't mean we won't be releasing podcast episodes here about football as well. There will be plenty of news, whether it be with the athletic director search and anything else that may come about. And I've got other offseason topics that I want to touch on. So periodically we'll be releasing episodes throughout the offseason as well. So appreciate you tuning in through to the content throughout the 22 season and, you know, season five here of the CRW. Hope you continue to do so throughout the offseason and move it into season six of the podcast as the Mountaineers now look forward to the 2023 season as they finish 2022 at five and seven overall and three and six in the Big 12 Conference. But having said that, really appreciate you guys for tuning in here to season five, episode 152, the Oklahoma State Review and Reaction Edition, and tuning in throughout the season as you guys have in any format, whether it be watching on the video side or listening on the audio side. And one more time, just want to remind you guys before you head out and before we close out season five's review and reaction edition here to hit the thumbs up button for us. Give the video a like, whether you're tuned in on the Country Roads webcast YouTube or the WV Sports Now one. It'll really help this video's performance, which I know it's crazy, but it really helps the channel in the future. And also, as far as the channel is concerned, hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. Subscribe to the channel. It not only helps us, but it also helps you as it gets more of this Mountaineer sports content out to Mountaineer Nation. Having said that, I guess that will pretty much wrap us up here on Season 5, Episode 152 of the CR. RW Podcast or Oklahoma State Review and Reaction Edition. As always, I'm Jordan Cruz, and until next time, let's go. Mountaineers. If you really want to know, then come on, let's go. Take a stroll down those.